Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, April 9th. S&P futures are trading about unchanged right now at 2735. They had been up at around 2770, um, around 4 a.m. So they they faded a bit. Europe, uh, similar price action pattern. So Europe had been up about 1%. It's faded. Uh, now it's up just about fractionally. Um, so nothing, you know, there was no kind of major headlines that came out overnight as far on the macro front, you know, no headline that really caused the fade in Europe or the US, I would say. Um, you know, I think just from the broader narrative now, we've had this whole plateauing narrative that has helped push prices higher as we've seen the coronavirus figures, um, whether it's, um, you know, incremental transmissions or fatalities or hospitalizations, et cetera, have all kind of plateaued and trended off of their peaks. Um, but I think that narrative has gotten the market about as far as it can go. So, you know, 2750 to 2800, um, you know, the S&P is not going to get any higher than that if we're just continuing to plateau at elevated levels. The next step, um, and, and, you know, the only way that the market will get above 2800 will be um, that we're kind of shifting from this plateau theme to a descending theme where, you know, whereby you're seeing... Um, a notable descent of the numbers from their apex. So you're seeing a notable decline in hospitalizations, transmissions, et cetera. Um, and you're seeing evidence of economies being able to successfully reopen um, both in Europe and the US. And, and that was kind of, if there was one big area of uh, focus overnight in this morning, it's there was an, a ton of articles talking about reopening, um, various stages of reopening. So Austria is going to become the first country in the West next week to begin its reopening process. And again, this is going to be very gradual. It's occurring in phases, um, and it's probably not going to be linear. There will there will likely be setbacks along the way. So people will be watching Austria to see if, it's, if it has success in being able to reopen without sparking resurgence of corona cases. Um, and then there's you know a variety of, of uh, there's a lot of evidence suggesting that Italy and the U.S. will both ease at least some of their restrictions by the end of April. And so starting in May, you'll see, you know, again, a very gradual reopening of certain areas of the economy. It won't be, it's not going to be binary. It won't be across the board. Um, but, you know, I think that is the next big step. And I think, you know, the two parts that, you know, two industries that I think um, we'll see kind of some of the the first instances of reopening are going to be retail, um, where you'll see, I think, some of the major retailers that have resources to implement new safety procedures and measures um, will kind of start to gradually reopen. And then I think auto production too. And there was an article on Reuters is talking about how all the auto OEMs are, are you know, gearing up to start production in May again. And there again, they're implementing various safety techniques, um, you know, that, that are going to be adopted from a lot of companies that have been operating throughout the entire crisis. But so that's, you know, for me, that's the next step. And, you know, the, you know, so the plateau rally in my mind is kind of over, and I think this next phase, it's not, I don't think it's going to be kind of just a seamless handoff. I don't think we're going to just continue rallying without any type of a pause, because like I said, I think you're, you know, it's going to take some time of, for data to accumulate to suggest that you are seeing a descent from the apex. And then again, I think this whole reopening process is going to be, um, you know, a gradual one. It's not going to be instant. You're not just going to see a light, a light switch get flipped and in the economies in Europe and the U.S. are kind of operating on, on normally. Um, so that's kind of the, you know, the bigger macro theme, I would say, as far as what's really driving markets, oil is very much in focus, obviously. So you have this OPEC plus meeting that is supposed to kick off. It's a, it's a conference call. It's supposed to kick off around 10 AM. There are a million headlines about who's going to cut 
Um, will there be an, will there be an agreement? I think it's very likely you'll see something occur on the supply front. I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions. You still have Russia in particular, but Saudi Arabia as well, demanding action from the U.S., demanding specific formal action from the U.S. Um, you know, Washington has has provided evidence over the last three days about how there's been a lot of American production coming offline because of market forces. Um, Russia continues to insist they don't want to just see um, this kind of organic, quote unquote, reduction in output. They want to see a formal edict from the government um, that will guarantee output would stay offline for an extended period. They don't want these companies to just ramp back up production if prices were to rebound. So it's unclear how that's going to be finessed. Um, you know, depending on on who you're looking at in the U.S., you know, I think one of the Texas oil regulators said that there could be as much as four million barrels of U.S. production coming offline. Um, again, if it, it's it's unclear if that will be good enough for the OPEC plus countries. I think baselines will be very important too. So if Saudi Arabia comes in today and pledges to cut a certain amount, but they're pledging off of current output levels, which are meaningfully had been meaningfully ramped up over the last few weeks, you know, I think that kind of takes away somewhat. Um, from their production, because they'll just, you know, they'll essentially just be, they'll be rolling back what they just had ramped up over the over the last couple of weeks. So, baseline is going to be important to watch, um, and then just, you know, again, the commitments from countries beyond the OPEC Plus coalition. So, you have the OPEC Plus meeting today, and then tomorrow you have this G20 Energy Ministers meeting, where where you're going to have broad participation from a lot of other major oil uh, producing countries. So, again, I think you'll see something. Um, I think the kind of consensus that was mentioned on Bloomberg was for eight to eight and a half million barrels, um, you know, less than 10 to 15 million barrels. And again, even if you were to get to 10 to 15 million barrels, it's not going to offset the demand destruction that you've seen the, from the coronavirus. So um, I think that you've seen a floor in oil. I don't think you're going to see new lows in oil. Um, I'm just skeptical that you're going to see kind of a huge rally coming out of all this. But there's going to be a lot of noise on the tape today. Um going into this meeting and coming out of it. And keep in mind, we may not even get a formal final decision given that we have this G20 meeting tomorrow. Um, so that's on oil. There were a lot of company-specific updates both in Europe and the US. Again, I think uh, the vast majority of companies are all saying the exact same thing. Business was tracking fine up until the middle of March, and then it fell off a cliff. Um, you know, you're hearing that across the board from companies. SAP said it. Starbucks said it in the US. Um so that's definitely one major theme. I think as we formally get into the earnings reports over the coming weeks, I think it'll be very important to hear companies comment on that linearity. If they've seen business as of the end of April stabilize at those low levels following the, the March drop-off, that would obviously be encouraging. If companies say that they're continuing to see incremental deterioration from the initial decline in late March... Um, you know, obviously, I think that would be uh, a disappointment. So I think that commentary around linearity is probably going to be the single most important takeaway from this earnings season. Um, I kind of think the numbers are, you know, I have a long earnings preview in the Vital Dawn today, and I sent it around yesterday as well. I think it's going to be, you know, comparing EPS estimates to street consensus is going to be very irrelevant this earnings season, I think, for a variety of reasons. I think, you know, mentally, Street expectations are much lower than print forecasts right now. And I think it's a lot of it's going to come down to just the qualitative commentary around the state of business, um, you know, linearity during the quarter, linearity so far into April and May. 
Um, to the extent numbers are focused on, I think there are going to be more cash flow, balance sheet strength, et cetera, um, not the report EPS. Starbucks provided a very extensive update. And I think it's very interesting and it's worth reading just because you know they were hit very hard from China's shutdown and now they're seeing a recovery in China and they're going through the same thing in the US right now. So I think it's rare that you see a single company um, that has a lot of exposure in both countries that are kind of giving you very specific commentary about how each market has evolved. So, you know, they talk about how China is ramping a little bit better than they had been uh, anticipating. You know, you're still talking about comps down a lot, but they, you know, their update last night suggested that the ramp in, in Chinese business is occurring um, more rapidly than they um, suspected. But the U.S., again, they saw the same thing. The U.S. business collapsed in March um, and you're still talking about comps down a lot. And they talk about how you know this U.S. decline is going to be a headwind for earnings, not just in calendar Q2, but they also say into calendar Q3 as well. So I think you know that Starbucks report is certainly worth reading. Um, a couple of other quick themes, you know, you had this huge um, burst of stockpiling in a lot of the Staples products. So you saw evidence of that not only in the Staples products companies, but in the Staples retailers as well, like Kroger and Walmart. You've now seen over the last several days evidence that that is kind of coming to an end. So the Costco comps overnight, um, you know, they were certainly very healthy. Comping up, uh, you know, twelve percent for Costco is still very good, but people were looking for numbers, you know, north of twenty percent. Um, Tesco yesterday also said that that initial stockpiling surge has dissipated. Um, so you're seeing, I think that that was kind of one major theme where a lot of companies were actually benefiting from the coronavirus. That seems to be running its course. Um, SAP had had a negative pre-announcement out overnight. That stock's actually trading higher in Europe. So again, it's just to show you how actual expectations are are much different than the print forecast right now at, at this point in time. Um, and then the you know I, I the the WeWork articles I think are very interesting too. Not so much because of WeWork specifically, but again, this has a lot of macro implications. So you've seen now. Um, Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal are both reporting that WeWork has essentially stopped paying certain April rents, um, and they're going to landlords and demanding concessions um, given the environment. So, th- you know that that's kind of the transmission mechanism for this coronavirus to really become a broader macro issue in the real estate world. And you've seen other retailers and restaurants say the same thing that they've essentially not they're not going to be paying April rent, um, you know, just given the environment. And then finally, Disney shares spiked overnight. They put out a Disney Plus streaming subscriber update that was pretty healthy, um, just showing another big ramp in subscribers. So on the calendar for today, like I said, the OPEC Plus meeting starts at 10. And also Powell is speaking at 10 a.m. as well. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if it's going to be terribly incremental. The minutes yesterday that came out from the FOMC, um, for me, they struck me as somewhat optimistic in that there was a lot of discussion about how this current environment is a much better than the financial crisis as far as uh, the duration of this downturn. Um, you know, so I thought that was a, you know, a mildly optimistic read on the situation. So, you know, you know, it'll be interesting to hear Powell. It sounds like the Fed, I think, is kind of pausing after acting enormously aggressively throughout April. I'm sorry, throughout March. Um, so this will kind of be his first update on just the state of the world. So those are the two big events for today. Um, and then obviously you have the, the, uh, the weekly claims at 830. You know, the print forecasts, again, this gets into the whole plateauing theme. So the print forecasts is for five and a half million. That's down about a million from from last week. So, you know, we've seen a we've seen evidence of a plateauing in uh, Corona numbers. And then this could be evidence of plateauing in the claims. 
um, although you can't really draw one c- a conclusion from just one week's data. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.